the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. While I never experienced this myself, I have certainly heard stories of friends or others experiencing it. Your mom says to you about something you did, you wait until your father gets home. Well, that was something that a lot of people dreaded, getting a lecture from dad when school ended and dad got home at the end of the day. Well, you wait until your mayor takes the podium this afternoon in Central Ohio. You're really going to get a lecture about COVID. Yes, indeed. Set your clock for it. 3 p.m. today, Andrew Ginther and uh, his bevy of Central Ohio doctors will be warning you about how dangerous conditions are out there as the Delta variant, in their words, not mine, rages like a wildfire. Hi, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you with me here on 98.9 The Answer. Hope you'll download our app, search 989FM The Answer, in the iTunes and Google Play Store. It'll give you access to not just our program and our podcast, but also to all the great Salem hosts. Did you hear U.S. Senate candidate from the state of Ohio, Bernie Moreno, on with Hugh Hewitt this morning? I did. Uh, You can find that if you... Well, you could listen to it if you had the app with you as you were out and about. That's the advantage. You get all the great Salem hosts, Hugh Hewitt, feeding into Mike Gallagher, my show. Then Dennis Prager at 1. By the way, tomorrow, 1133, we'll interview Dennis Prager live right here on the Bruce Hooley Show. Looking forward to that. And you can always leave us a comment at any time of day on our 24-7 active phone line, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Yes, Andrew Ginther. And Dr. Makisha Roberts, the health commissioner for Columbus Public Health, along with doctors from Ohio Health, Mount Carmel Children's Hospital, and the OSU Wexner Medical Center, will take to the public airways this afternoon at 3 p.m. to talk about the COVID numbers. Tests are accumulating. Um, We have some hospital numbers here. And the number that I think is most interesting is the one that tells you how big of a danger is this to your kids. I mean, I think we all learned from the first round of COVID that those who were overweight, those who had uh, compromised immune systems, uh, you were in danger. Uh, Many of us who are at the age where we could be in danger if we were in a compromised health position uh, dealt with COVID on our own. Maybe you've been vaccinated. Maybe you've uh, had it recovered, acquired natural immunity to it via the antibodies that are present in your bloodstream. But now this second wave, I think, understandably causes all of us to wonder, what does this mean for our kids? Kids were not necessarily at risk the first time. Our kids at risk of dying the second time. Well, here are the numbers. And I wish we had numbers. I wish we could divide these into two because I think that 
so much of the COVID story is sold to us based upon numbers that, while they're true, they're no longer valid. And I almost wish we could separate and actually feel we should separate COVID from pre-vaccine days and post-vaccine days. Not that I'm putting, you know, 100% faith in vaccines, but I think the delineation between pre-vaccine and post-vaccine also offers us a look at COVID from the time where a lot of people had it and recovered and developed natural immunities, and a lot of doctors and hospitals and health systems gained clarity on how to treat it. Initially, it was thought that, well, if people struggle to breathe, you put them on a ventilator. Now they've learned that that actually isn't the best move, that you basically need to battle COVID yourself, because if you become dependent on a ventilator, it may increase your precipitous health decline. So I think that if we could separate, say, from end of January 2021, uh, all COVID numbers going forward, and then look at the numbers from January 31st, 2021 going backward, I think we'd have a much clearer picture. But that's not how we do it, because, of course, to do that would be to take away the one number that is the most powerful number in the case presented by people like Andrew Ginther and Lakeisha Roberts and the others who we'll talk today, and that is the death number. The death number is the scariest number. Very few of us want to die. Very few of us want people we know and love to die. And so for Ohio to cross the threshold of 21,000 deaths, that's a number that the people who speak to you this afternoon do not want to give up. They do not want to tell you a much smaller number that applies to COVID deaths in the state of Ohio since people started to get vaccinated, since people started to accumulate widespread natural immunity, and since doctors learned that, you know, there are other ways other than ventilators as the first go-to in treating COVID. So the only numbers that I have to work from are the numbers from the entirety of COVID. And actually, as it concerns young people, I think those numbers are pretty encouraging. Since the pandemic began in March of 2020, according to the Columbus Dispatch's latest COVID story, how many cases have been reported involving children? Children would be under the age of 18. 141,000 cases. I'll round the number up. It's not that much of a change from the actual number. 141,000 kids under 18 have had COVID since March of 2020. How many have died? How many have died? Now, it says in this story of the virus, but even that number, I, I wonder about. I'm not going to say I question it because I can't be sure, but do we know they died of the virus, or do we just know that they died with the virus? Let's take worst-case scenario, right? Because we'd all like to be as safe as possible as it concerns our children. How many Ohio children under 18 have died of COVID? We'll give them the benefit of the doubt of COVID from the 141,000 who've been affected. The number is eight. 
8 of 141,000. Now, 8 children dying is not something to ignore or diminish or mock or shrug your shoulders at. 8 children who die is a headline worth paying attention to. You think of the families, you think of the tragedy, you think of the pain and difficulty going forward without that life. It is a significant loss. But it is an extreme rarity. You have to balance that rarity against the inconvenience of masking all kids, of giving all kids a vaccine that we indisputably do not have long-term data on the consequences of the COVID-19 vaccine. You can say they're safe, and I don't doubt that they are largely safe. We also know that the rate of myocarditis, heart damage, is twice as high, at minimum, of what they anticipated when they invented those vaccines. That's something that you can't discount either. More kids will get myocarditis from the COVID-19 vaccines than will die of COVID. That's proven by the numbers. So if you are a child under 18 and you get COVID, Given what has happened so far, and I acknowledge the Delta variant may be more serious, doesn't look like it will be, doesn't seem to be so far from the initial numbers, but the percentage chance of dying for a child under 18 who contracts COVID, tests positive for COVID, your chance of dying is 0.00056 of a percent. Okay, so that's five one hundred thousandth of a percent chance of dying. What's your chance of being hospitalized? Nobody likes to go to the hospital. You don't want your kid in the hospital. What's your chance of being hospitalized? One thousand four hundred kids have been hospitalized. One hundred forty one thousand kids have had a positive test. You have a one percent chance of going to the hospital with COVID as a child if you get it. So there are the numbers. You will be talked to sternly this afternoon at 3 p.m. Makisha Roberts, she does not like the fact that Ohio Stadium will be full of fans on Saturday and that most of them will not be masked outside. I promise you she will not like that. Uh, Nor will Dr. Joseph Gastaldo of Ohio Health, uh, Rustin Morse of Nationwide Children's Hospital. He will tell a scary tale of what they're experiencing at Nationwide Children's Hospital. But when you hear that, keep in mind that Tuesday's hospitalizations at Nationwide Children uh, were up a half dozen kids from 20 kids the week before. I don't know what uh, Dr. Morse is going to say today, but I bet he will give you percentages that pose a very scary picture of the condition at Nationwide Children's rather than telling you that they have 26 kids in Nationwide Children's Hospital with COVID. That according to the Columbus Dispatch. If those numbers are wrong, Dr. Morse, don't blame me. Blame the Columbus Dispatch. Something we do quite frequently here on The Bruce Hooley Show. Nice to have you with us on a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, many of you are conservatives, and in that vein, uh, here's a book. If you have 
a daughter you may be interested in getting. It is our 989 The Answer September book of the month. That's called How to Raise a Conservative Daughter by Michelle Easton. Uh, I've managed to do it without this book, but if you need uh, a little help, I certainly would have read it when mine were in their formative years. Uh, They still are formative. Their brains are not fully developed until they're 25, so it's never too late to get and read and follow the good advice in a book like this. Uh, How to Raise a Conservative Daughter is an Invaluable Guide to What Works. Don't pretend the challenges aren't enormous. They are enormous, particularly impacted by wherever your child goes to school. Social media, toxic, uh, radical indoctrination. Are you paying attention to what your young daughters are reading, the assignments they're being given? Uh, Are you able to get more out of them than, how was your day? Fine. This book will be an invaluable resource for that. Enter now for your chance to win one of five copies of this book from 989 The Answer, and two grand prize winners will receive a signed copy of the book. I'd like to talk to this lady, Michelle Easton. We should get her on the show. That'd be great. Uh, so enter today and every day at 989theanswer.com, 989theanswer.com. That is your September book of the month. I hope today in Northeast Ohio there was a massive turnout uh, along a stretch of highway where. Uh, Navy Hospital Corpsman Max Soviak uh, will be transported. Uh, Max Soviak is the Ohio native and one of 13 American servicemen who died in the bombing at Kabul. The two-week anniversary of that is tomorrow. Two weeks. Two weeks. Do not forget it. Do not forget it. And do not let it fade into the vapor of obfuscation by current news events. Joe Biden was in the New York area yesterday, and he was prattling on and babbling and stammering and contending that all hurricanes and the, and the like are the uh, result of global warming and that we have to get a handle on global warming, global warming. He would love to pivot to global warming or anything. I think he'd rather talk about gas prices than he would about Afghanistan because Afghanistan was a complete and total humiliation. And it has caused his poll numbers, by the way, uh, to plummet. Um, His disapproval rating now, according to Pew Research, is 49%. 49% disapprove. I always feel like these numbers are underestimated on the bad side for Democrats because history has shown that these polls typically overstate affinity for Democrats. Remember when Wisconsin was supposed to be a walkover for Biden in the election? I'm not sure Trump really lost it, but it was very, very close. Uh, So Biden is at 49% disapproval, 45% approval. Who are you people? What, do you like paying a dollar more for gas? You like having no southern border? You like abortion on demand and a complete phony Catholic in the White House? claiming he's devout, and then last week disputing, saying, no, I don't think life begins at conception. Well, that'll come as news to the Catholic Church and to any sane human being. So Biden's approval rating is at 49%. Four months ago, it was uh, his disapproval rating, rather, is at 49%. Four months ago, it was at 41%. So it's fallen off a cliff. A month ago, it was at 44% disapproval. So he's dropped five percentage points. And, of course, that's because of Afghanistan, but inflation also plays a part. So today, Max Soviak's remains will be 
uh, transported from the airport in Cleveland uh, to his home in uh, Berlin Heights, Ohio. 22 years old. Man, what a complete and total waste. So uh, if you have friends up there, uh, the procession is scheduled to travel west on Ohio Turnpike, on the Ohio Turnpike to exit 118 at Route 250. Uh, Route 250. So that's where it begins, and then we'll uh, head uh, west from there. Very, very sad. Now, uh, to keep Afghanistan on the forefront of your awareness, and you remember when Obama let Bo Bergdahl, uh, Bo Bergdahl, they, we had to get Bo Bergdahl back, a deserter. We had to get him back, had to get him back. 2015. So he walks away from his post, and Obama wanted him back so bad that he gave the Taliban four prisoners. Actually, five for Bo Bergdahl. Where are those five prisoners now? Well, you'll find them in the presidential palace in uh, Kabul. Uh, Four of them hold high-ranking positions with the new Taliban government, the new kinder, gentler Taliban government, according to Joe Biden. Uh, The fifth member, who's not in the cabinet, is the governor of a province. So all five of them. Wow. Imagine that. Six years ago, they were terrorists that we had to keep in prison, and we let them out. And, you know, the kinder, gentler, newer, nicer Taliban that we are negotiating with that is giving us permission to get our own people out of Afghanistan. We're not hostages, though. We're not stranded, and we're not hostages, but we need permission to fly out from terrorists, from people who harbored Osama bin Laden, who they deny, by the way, that he had anything to do with 9-11. This is why you need to remember what happened in Afghanistan, because the level of incompetence and the level of surrender continues to grow clearer every day as guys we used to deem threats to American citizens. That's why we put them in prison, because they engaged in terrorist activity. They hate us. We'll let them out. Oh, the Taliban, no, they totally changed the way they do business. They would never, ever want those guys back. They'd probably ostracize them. They'd probably shun them, the Taliban version of shunning. They're probably watching YouTube videos of Amish people. How to shun. How do we shun these people that we got back for Bo Bergdahl? No, they're not watching those YouTube videos. They're putting them in power. And we're enabling them to do it. Now, Ben Sass, senator from Nebraska, talking about this, says that they are bloodthirsty terrorists. And he is accusing Joe Biden of harboring, quote, an insane fantasy that the Taliban is kinder and gentler. By the way, the Taliban also found a spot for Sirujan Haqqani, who is on the FBI's most wanted list. Well, that's probably a mistake, probably a paperwork error, probably clerical. We probably should have taken him off. He has a five million dollar bounty on his head. Think about what a bad actor you have to be to have the U.S. government publicly acknowledge that they would pay you five million dollars to kill this guy. That's how bad of a guy he is. And oh, he's back as their acting interior minister. 
I'm sure there's nothing that Afghan women have to fear with him on the job. I'm sure those public executions are a thing of the past. I'm sure that the need for a public escort is a thing of the past. Women, ah, free passage. Bring it on. Never mind. Don't pay any attention to the fact that their new government has zero women in it. I'm sure that if I go to the CNN Twitter page, I'll find AOC railing about that and Rashida Tlaib. I'm sure they're all against it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.